0: Amen. Well, man, I'm so glad to see you guys. You got your Bibles here. You can turn to uh, Ephesians chapter four. We're continuing a series called Permission to Quit. In other words, there is a part of your life uh, that you need to learn to move on from. And so I want to help you to learn how to do that. If you're brand new here today, you're checking out River Valley, you didn't hit the first two weeks, it's okay. I'm going to catch you up and you are right on uh, time. But this is what the Lord taught me in... um, uh, the fall of last year has been tremendously tremendously helpful in my own personal life. So I'm I'm not saying, hey, listen here, here's what I've always known. I'm saying I'm right there with you and how God is using these texts. And so so I'm excited about that. Now I do want to warn you, I've tried to do this in different ways every week, but this is a dangerous sermon series. It's a dangerous sermon series and what I mean by that is is it's really easy conceptually to understand. I mean 30 seconds and you're like, got it. I mean, but we're spending four weeks, four sermons on it. And, and the reason is, is that just because you kind of got the big overarching idea, if you misapply, it, if you use it correctly, it can actually hurt you. It can actually hurt your faith to not do what I'm about to instruct you well. So my example is, um, I grew up and I had an association that I made in my mind, which was if I had some kind of infection, usually for me it was like a sinus infection. Well, what you do with a sinus infection is you take antibiotics. And so every time I would get a sinus infection, I would go to this this, uh, cabinet that we have, this basket of leftover medicine. And I would pull out and I would look and I'd look and I'd be like, oh, here's some antibiotics. And I would pop a couple and I'd keep doing it and think, well, that's, you know, I had an infection. That's how it is. And and most of the time, or sometimes it would work. And then sometimes those pills were, were outdated. They didn't work, right? And so... I know now some of you are shaking your head because either A, you're in uh, the medical field or B, you just have a brain and uh, I didn't because that's incredibly dumb to do. I, you know where I learned this lesson? I was watching that that uh, television show, House, you know, where he <laughs> diagnoses people every week. And uh, he, kept, he kept, every week was like, give them some broad spectrum antibiotics. Give them some narrow. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. And I'm Googling it. And it basically said, if your name is Cody and this is the way you're doing it, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, oh, because here's the deal. So certain antibiotics, if you don't know this, some of you aren't gonna acknowledge, but I'm about to literally say, your life. You're going to die. All right. So certain infections, uh, certain antibiotics are only good on, on certain types of infections. And so if you take an antibiotic, but it's for a different, and you have a different kind of infection, it's like eating Tic Tacs. It does nothing to you. But also if you take some, I used to actually call friends, go, you got any leftover antibiotics? And some people were like, yeah, sure. And, uh, also, if it happens to be the right kind of antibiotics, but you don't take the full regimen or you take it halfway, what it does is it, it kind of melts down the, the weak parts of the infection. But then the, the resistant part, if you don't kill it all the way, comes back worse. And so it's the same way with, with this sermon. You, you can use it incorrectly. What I'm afraid is some people will be like, oh, I use it. It didn't work. Didn't work at all. Or some people you use part of it and it works for a while. And you're like, oh, and then, and then it doesn't work anymore. And you're like, well, this Christianity stuff, its just it, it, it doesn't work. And neither one is true. In fact, since the Bible tells us that this is the way that we grow, this is the way that we see change and sanctification in our life, the Bible gives us a really strong guarantee on this. This works for 100% of the people 100% of the time. Every single time, if you're a believer, without fail, guaranteed, not because I said it and not even because I have fully lived out these verses, because this is the word of God. And it truly promises you can grow. You can see change and transformation in your life, but you've got to apply the entirety of this text. So let me go uh, through the text again. Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 20. And then I'll make sure and summarize it, and then we'll unpack part of it. So Ephesians 20. that's not how you came to know Christ. Assuming that you heard about him and you were taught by him, uh, the truth is in Jesus. So what does he say? Take off your former way of life, the old self, and it's corrupted by deceitful desires. So then we're going to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And then we're going to put on the new self. What's this? It's the one that's created according to God's lightness and it is righteousness and purity of truth. And we're going to skip over chapter 5, verse 16. We're going to make the most of our time because the days are evil. So conceptually, this is what we've been talking about every week. So the first week, we're going to take off the old. So I'm using, um, for my illustration, the, the way to look at this, I'm using clothes uh, a, as this illustration. Now, please, 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 if you're new, don't, don't think like we're one of those... Uh, we're, we're just, I'm not the person who looks at people and just like judges by clothes. I don't care. I, I hate buying new clothes. I don't, it's just not a big deal to me. So, so we're not like trying to up our shoe game or our clothes game, like I told you, all right? But, but we've got to look at taking off the old. And, and the old is, is sinfulness in our life. The old is the way that we used to operate. And the Bible says we bring in these deceitful desires from our past. And so if you got saved, you you brought some of these into your life. And so we're going to learn how to take those off. That's what we did. And then secondly, we're going to renew our mind. So the way that we think about this whole process and how it works. Now today, we're going to learn how to put on the new. And actually see, like literally visually see transformation in our lives in the way that we think and talk and, and act uh, and even feel. And then next week, we're going to learn how to maximize our time. And, and one of the big ideas next week is, well, okay, what happens when you relapse? What happens if you mess up? What happens if it doesn't go perfect the first time, With, which was some ingrained sinful habits it is, is a very... Uh, Possibility is a big. Prob- uh, it's not a probability. It's a possibility, and so you want to be careful of that. So, so we're going to go through that that whole uh, process. So, a couple of ways to think about this that, that are going to be helpful for today. First of all, you need to understand this is not self help. This is Christian growth. This is not self help. I read a lot of self help actually, and the reason is is because a lot of it is is co- concepts from Christianity, but they don't do it all together well at all. So for example, some of you are right now, you're trying to live out some New Year's resolutions, you're trying to get healthy, lose weight, eat right, look better, uh, you know, at the beach, you're going in a couple of weeks, okay? And so there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that. But when you don't do this pattern, you don't take off the old, so this is what you're doing. This is your idea. This is self help. Well I'm gonna get me some new I'm gonna get me some new habits. See, I I'm tired of looking this way. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get me some brand new habits. And it it's a little bit harder, honestly. I was, I actually tried to, I actually had to make sure this worked uh, before I did it. So, so, but this is, this is what you can do, and this is, this really is self help. Well, here's, here's how you lose some weight. Here's how you get in shape. Here's how you get rock hard abs by Thursday. This is it, man. Yeah, and so, and it works a little bit. It really does. But what's the problem with this? The problem is you still got this underneath. Now you can hide it, and most people want no. But when we were talking about week one, I mean, we were talking about lying and stealing some just basic sins. And you can be this guy who's out there, this lady who's out there at the beach, and you look great in your bikini. You look great in your speedo, whichever way you lean. All right, but, but you're still a lying thief. You're still, you've still got all of this sin. You've just covered it up with rock hard abs that's not what we're doing. That's self-help. We do Christian growth. It's very, very different. And so so it's not self-help. And also you need to understand you need all four of the elements in order for this to work right. It takes all four of the elements for God to grow you. The biblical idea of of growth is is a word, and and we don't use it much, but it's, it's sanctification. It means holiness. Let me ask you a question, especially this is really convicting if you are in church. Uh, And the question is this, how many holy people do you know? I mean, like, really? How many holy people do you know? See, what's happened in our world is we have this idea, well, let's just get saved. Let's just, and and that's it. And God calls us to holiness. And you ought to know, if you are a member of a local church, if you are a believer yourself, you ought to know dozens. And more impor- or as importantly, I guess, you ought to expect that out of your own life. That you are called to be holy, sanctified, set apart for a special purpose unto God. How does that happen? Well, you've got to learn how to take off the old first. Take off the old. What's so important about this for, for today's lesson is, especially if you've got kind of an addiction, you drink too much, you, you do drugs, you, uh, you, you gamble, you shop, you use pornography, I, anything that is real repetitive that, that gives you kind of that, that idea. When you, you, know, you know this. You know you should get rid of this stuff. You know that. But when you do it this way, you only get rid of it. And it leaves you, now I talked about last week, we've got to learn how to renew our mind and how to think differently about it. But this is a very dangerous place to be long-term. You can't just quit drinking. And not put on something in its place. The Bible gives us an illustration of of a, of a demon who's in a house, and the demon is cast out of the house. Now, I'm not saying that if you sin, uh, you got a demon. Okay, that's that's not the point. The point is the demon leaves, and they don't. Fill the house. So the demon goes out and he's like, I don't have a very good life. So he gets seven of his friends and he comes back and they haven't filled the house. So there's still a void there. So what does he do? He comes back into the house and the situation is now worse than the first. They got rid of the old sin. They didn't put on the new and fill the house. And so guess what? They're worse off in the long run. They didn't learn to fill it. So we've got to learn how to fill our house. We've got to learn how to, in our, in our language, take, put on the new. So here's the question of the day. All right, how do I do that? How do I even know what I'm supposed to do? I know that God convicted me over here of the take off the old, but how am I to know what I'm supposed to put on? Because you, you, can, you can do it wrong. I mean, the Bible says, 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, there's, there's um, a, a benefit. There's some benefit in physical training, but godliness has benefits in everything. So instead of taking off the old and getting in shape, you put on, you learn godliness, and it's going to have benefits in everything that's important to your life. How do you know what to put on? Here's the big idea, and when God showed me this, I was like... I've preached through Ephesians before in this church. I've read it, no telling how many times. I love it. It's one of my favorite books. And I saw this and I was like, well, this is really cool. Here's the big idea. There is often an inverse relationship between what you should take off in the old and what you should put off in the new. An inverse relationship often uh, opposite. Now, I put the word often in there. I didn't say always. I didn't say every time. You, you know, like God is is... Is not saying that like every time you stop drinking, you got to start doing this. All right. That's, that's not what always I'm not saying always, and I'm not saying only. So it might be that he wants you to take off one thing and put on two things. So, so uh, that that was my big illustration of day one. If you're new here, like these are all new clothes. I am like an eight year old. My wife dressed me, uh, really. So, so, but so it might it might be that you need to put on multiple new things, but you can only do that when you when you take off the old. So. So the inverse relationship. So here's what we're going to do. I gave you homework in week one. If, you, if you're new, uh, if you th- new, then we're just going to walk through this together. No problem. Uh, but if, you, if you've if you been here either last week or, or the week before, then these ought to seem familiar to you. But we're just going to go back through this whole text. And every time it tells you a take off the old um, sin, it's going to show you some things that you ought to put on. So here we go. Uh, Ephesians 4.25, starting. It says, Therefore, Put away lying. And then what you should do, you should speak the truth to one another. So I'm going to take off the old of lying, but I'm not going to just stop lying. I'm going to put on the new, which is speaking the truth. It's important that you understand both of them. Most lies happen because either A, you want to build yourself up or B, push someone down or C, especially if you are in drugs, you want you will do anything to get drugs. That's 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 why it happens. So if you're not in drugs, it's probably because you want to build yourself up. Why did I lie? So I kind of maybe I, it wasn't a blatant lie, but maybe I kind of shaded the truth so other people think well of me, or I made I, I, I wanted to feel good about myself, and the only way to do that is to keep pushing other people down. So I can feel really tall when I push other people down. But the only way to do that is sometimes is to lie because those people are better than than being in a great number of areas and ways. So be careful in your lying. Be careful if you get into the habit of lying and not telling people what is the truth, not telling people what is the truth. Now, I think you know this, but I think we can oftentimes get very, very... Um, comfortable with lies very comfortable with it's not a, a blatant lie it's got some truth in it this kind of mixture and the bible says okay let's let's stop that listen you shouldn't be one of those people you know someone has a either uh, either they've not learned well or they just got a problem with lying when they're like i promise I promise it's true or don't you trust me if you say that then the answer should always be no no I don't right I have some friends and 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 uh and they're they caught their child in a lie and uh and they were like you're lying to us and the child looked at them and go I wouldn't have to lie if you just believe me that's perfect Exactly. I love it. I love it. You know, can't you imagine? You're like, no, I shouldn't have said that. Right. (laughs) So, so, so we, we, have got to be careful with life, but now we've got to speak the truth. And listen, this is one of those that you can conceptually understand, but not actually do. This is not knowledge. This is wisdom using knowledge, do something with it. Speak the truth. If you've lied to push someone else down and they've believed you like you're like oh this person over here da, 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 you know and you and you lie or you shade part of that then you ought to go back to the people you lied to and speak the truth hey I, i'm sorry i lied to you and i lied to you so i would look tall and this person would look short and and it's not true or it's partially true, but it was said in such a way. I'm amazed at how, if you can, if you can lay over sinister music, you can make anything sound like a bad, you know what I mean? And then he said, you know, I, I, you're like, what? You know, like, just, just speak the truth. And sometimes you just need to say, yep. I, your, your tendency is to be like, I told you I was going to do that and I didn't, but I've been really busy really. I was super busy. And that's that's true. You are busy. But the reason is you forgot. That's it. Tell them, I'm so sorry. I completely forgot. I just, I dropped the ball. I completely forgot. I hope you don't think bad about me, but I want you to know the truth. Don't lie. Tell the truth. Inverse relationship. Second, uh, where are we going? Four... 28, okay, let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he's to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with someone else. Now, we think of stealing as going into a store or going into someone's home and taking things from it. And certainly that is the easy, like if you're doing that, that's stealing. But I think we can think, well, I don't steal because I don't, don't do that kind of, of, of thiefing. But, but we're all, the, the context here is is work. So we all, there are moments where we steal from our employers. We steal from those who are entrusting us to do jobs in a certain way. We are not being diligent. Now listen, I... And there's very few jobs, including ministry, where if you paid for eight hours, you work eight hours through, right? Like, I, I get it, okay? You, you know, there's water cooler talking. There's some culture to be uh, made by that. I will say that, that the one that I know is uh, teaching. If you know a teacher's, whatever they're paid for, they work that exact amount and more. I'm telling you right now, they it is... It is the most demanding as far as work, 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 work job I have ever known, including my own. They work much harder and longer. So you ought to clap for teachers right now, I tell you. So <laughs> and they, and frankly, they do it for your snotty children. So, uh, so in <laughs> mine, but mine have graduated, so it's fine. Uh, so, all right, but so so, But, but do, you, do you steal from, I mean, like, do you just spend hours doing things that, that are, look productive? And he says, don't do that. It said, so what do you do? You work hard. Give us give some hard work. Like, actually earn what you're making. Quit griping about what you don't make. Earn more. It, money, always, money always comes to those who add value. We live in this day where, where, where we're being taught more and more that you get paid for time. That's a weird model, don't buy into that model. Get paid for adding value and you'll always get more money every single time. So, But you do that by I do my job, but I've got some flex in here, I'm gonna do more. And I promise it will come back and God will reward you. I've seen it happen so many times. But it also says, this is a twofer right here, do honest work and then what do you do? Give someone else some money, give somebody some money. You've been stealing money for yourself. Quit it, but don't just quit it and work hard. Give away some money from somebody who needs it. It's the way to get that out of your life because you're stealing because it's all about you all the time. And and we see that more and more, and we get onto rich people for doing it, but we think somehow we're not implicated in that kind of sin. Listen, everything that comes to me is not mine; I'm holding it for god god's It's almost like God said, "Hey, hold this money because I'm going to send somebody along that needs it and I'm not talking about tithing to the church right now that's not what my I'm talking about like literally share with anyone in need, especially in the context of of this this church, not again, not tithing. But there are times where God's just going to bring, you'll, you'll hear this conversation, and God will be like, why don't you take care of that? Why don't you pay for that? It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Inverse relationship. Three, here we go. Uh, no foul language could, should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building others up in, uh, who are in need. You give grace to those when you do this. Now, I'm sure um, this is not necessary at River Valley. The, uh, we have no foul language uh, people here, uh, but like, just in case you're visiting from another church, right? Uh, is what we're going to do here, right? So, <laughs> we we like we, we live in a we live in a day and and, and you've got to be so careful again with this and this isn't again just cussing it's not that's it's not it's it's foul it's anything that, that shouldn't be said it's good you and and, and instead listen um, we have a friend uh, we have a friend and they are excellent at cursing. Uh, do you do you have one of those friends so some of you're like I'm that guy All right so I mean like like and, and I'm not, I'm like gifted. They're so gifted. I mean, like when you're around them, it's not just that a lot of curse words come out of their mouth, it's the way and the variety that they use them. That sometimes Mel and I will just sit back and go, well, this is amazing to see. Like they're in it. And, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. This person is so, so gifted uh, in that. And uh, if they would, if they would ever, here, here's my thought though if they would ever let this um, uh, verse, Speak to them. They would see, actually it's, it's a gift from God that's given their language is a gift from God. they're just using it incorrectly. If they would apply the same amount of energy in building others up that they did in expressive uh, creative cursing, they would be amazing. That you I mean like seriously, and that's not just for this person, it's for you. Are you good at building others up? couple of really easy, practical ways. Now, again, they're not concepts. You either do them or you don't. So, take it for what it is. When was the last time that you looked at someone and eye to eye told them something wonderful about themselves? Not flattery, not, oh, nice outfit. Right? Like, we're, everybody, we're Americans, we can all afford nice stuff. Alright? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know what I admire about you? Let me tell you something great. Let me tell you why I appreciate who you are and what you do. And you look him eye to eye. It, it, it's honestly, especially, I don't know about you. I don't know if it's a man thing or it's just me. It's, it's vulnerable because it feels like all that, like, woo, like it's soul to soul, heart to heart. You're just like, man, you're connecting in a, in a level that is deep, deep, deep. But you, you ought to do that with people, especially believers. Man, I, I so admire what the gift that God gave you. Another practical way is um, give, uh, write thank you notes. But don't write thank you notes. Thank you for doing this thing. Write encouragement notes. Here's what I see God doing in you. And part of the reason of that is like actually write it and mail it that, that I love about that is, is it, um, like I keep mine. If somebody says something nice and, and writes me something, like I actually keep mine. It's, it's wonderful. I have an encouragement file. Because there are days I'm like, I'm a horrible pastor. And, you know, my wife is like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, and so I got to <laughs> so I I go and read the file. And I was like, well, I haven't always been horrible. Maybe I can get back, right? You, you know, it's, it's, it's su- super, super powerful. Next one, uh, 31 and 32. So this one has uh, two part. Well, this one is like a longer one. So let all bitterness, anger, wrath, shouting, slander be removed from you among with all malice. So, so this is the take off the old, and and uh, I when I was reading this I thought, man, I know some parents that are going to be really convicted with the shouting. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, some of you, I appreciate that. Some of you are like, yeah, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, some of you are acting like, well, it's the it's the kids, uh, yeah, right? And so like, and, and, and you've developed a habit and you just yell and shout and you stop, you know, and, and, uh, and like the Lord is like, that, that's not good. There's a better way. There's a calmer way. And it's actually more effective. And you're like, I keep shouting on them and they don't change. And you're like, well, quit shouting. You know, now, I'm not saying don't punish, man. I'm big on punishment. I love me some spankings. Uh, I mean, I love it. I love it, man. I wish I had little kids again. Uh, so <laughs> that's different. That's, it, it just, it is. And if you, you know, okay, you, you raise your kids your way and I'll raise my kids my way. We'll see. Uh, so, <laughs> but don't shout. But, but where does all this come from? This bitterness, anger, and wrath, like somebody did something to you there or you perceive that they did, didn't it? That's what happened. Like you just, man, I got bit and, and they did it to me, but I wore it like a coat. And the Bible is telling us like, you got to give that up. Now, listen, I know that some of you had had some uh, atrocities put on you. I'm, I'm not trying to minimize that in any way, shape or form. But when we're not talking about what they did, we're talking about your response to it. And when you got bitterness, anger and wrath because of what they did, That's a coat you need to take off. That doesn't hurt them. Those people aren't going, I wonder what they think of me. They're not. You've created a self-imposed prison of of unforgiveness in your life. And we'll we'll talk about that in just a moment. I've had this happen to me. I've had had people uh, say and do either completely untrue or deceitful ways of presenting information to me, uh, to others about me. And, and I've had people like literally leave River Valley thinking I was evil and wicked. And it, man, I remember the first time it happened, it hurt so bad because I'm like, that's not true. Like, it's, 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 it's just not true. And, and you can, and I can, well, no, not you can. I can get really, really, and I have before, got really, really bitter about that. Really, really angry and kind of rightfully so because what they did was wrong. They hurt my reputation. They hurt the kingdom of God because they basically said, I would rather um, uh, someone believe a lie than the church to flourish. Because that, that makes, I, I, I want to get back at Cody. Now, it's not about that though. It's not about that. Here's what it's about is this. I've got to learn the second part to be kind and compassionate, forgiving one another. It'd be cool if somebody would come back and say, hey, actually it happened once. I did have a guy say, I did have a guy one time go, hey, when you fired me, that was the best thing that ever happened. I had that happen one time. I was like, this is crazy. Uh, but I've had lots of people that I don't think thought that. Uh, so, so here's the deal. Here's, here's how I work on forgiveness. First of all, I'm not looking for them to come and, and be the instigator and say what they did was wrong. Then you know what I'm doing? I'm putting my life in their hands. I'm not going to do that because they might go to their grave hating me, whatever. Instead, I'm going to learn to forgive just as Christ has forgiven me. So I, I've got to have a perspective here a little bit not like Jesus forgave me of just a few little sins and they did the big one you go back to my high school and college years and you see all that Jesus forgave me on and then I'm sitting here up here going well someone said a bad thing about me all right that's that's a little bit everybody's like yeah but what about high school and college what about your life before Christ it was pretty dramatic yeah and I acknowledge that and then here's what I do and this is life-changing because I can honestly say I do not have bitterness, anger, or wrath. I can honestly say it, and it is this. I pray for God's blessing in their lives the exact way I pray for God's blessing in my life. It has been liberating. It's hard because you really kind of want to pray, God, I pray that you would bring the light to their, to their uh, lies and deceit so that others would see. All right, that's what you pray. You're like, "You don't want that for yours. I don't want that for mine." Instead, I pray exactly the way that I pray for Mel in my, in my marriage, I pray for their marriage. Exactly. When I pray, when I feel it welding up that bitterness, when I pray for my kids, I pray for their kids in the exact same way. When I pray for financial prosperity in my life, I pray that for them. And if I don't mean it, I say, God, help me to change. And I pray it again and I pray it again and I pray it again. It is wonderful and freeing. It's not what they did to you. That is, if if it is a sin, it is wrong. And God is convicting them and we'll, we'll work on that. But what he's doing right now is saying, don't live in a prison because of something that was perpetuated on you. Learn how to forgive. So I'm going to let the bitterness go, and I'm going to pick up kindness and compassion for one another, just like Jesus did with you. Uh, Next one, Ephesians 5, where are we at? Obscene and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable, but rather giving thanks. All right, time for honesty. I, uh this was where God was like, I'm talking to you, Cody. All right. Now I don't, I don't do obscene, uh, talking. Um, I do sometimes do crude joking, uh, to be, I'm just, let's just keep it real. Okay. Um, if you're a man in this church and we're kind of close, chances are at some time I've done that. All right. Now I don't know that I've done it to women. Uh, is not appropriate in that way. I don't, I don't think. And so if I did, it was an outlier, not, but, but you know, there's times with like, I just, I, I'm a man, you know, like believe it or not with the preacher moniker. Uh, and so like, there are times like you just want to tell it like a crude joke, funny story. And I, I mean, I, I like the, I was that's, that's true in my life. Not always. I and really where I think, I think it was kind of interesting for me is uh, some people just do it all the time. Like they're so out of control with it. They don't even know where they do it. You ever, you know what I'm talking about? There's some people that just like, you're like, Hey dude, don't drop that story my grandmother standing right here right or my or my three-year-old kid let's not learn a new word today right and so so i had it under control enough that i could i could look at you and i could assess the situation would this person still come to river valley if i told this joke right and then i look around to make sure no one else is listening right uh you know neither neither good christians or my wife and then i'm like hey guess what you know and and that's that's what it was. It really is. And, uh, and and here's the deal. Here's what really convicted me is it's, it's, it's not suitable. See, I know I, as your pastor, and you as a Christian ought not to say anything. Now there, there's there's private things. That's that's not what I'm talking about. But you ought not to say anything to anyone anywhere that's not fit to be played back on this screen as somebody was filming you. And, and, and I, I have. And I'm working on putting off the old. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be the pastor who can preach good sermons and tell good jokes. I don't want to be that guy if they're the wrong kind of jokes. I don't want to be that. But I, I, I draw that line a little bit too much. So the Lord's convicted me. So what do I got to do? I've got to learn to give thanks. I've got to learn to use that same mouth to say, Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, I want to glorify you for for really big things like my salvation and everything that's really small in my life. Everything that's really small. And when you start giving thanks for the big and the small, then, then you are overwhelmed sometimes. And I've been overwhelmed sometimes like just how good God is, just how wonderful he is. So that's mine. Next one, Ephesians, where are we at? Oh, yep. Uh, uh, So this is the children of darkness. Do not become their partners for they were darkness, but now you are light. Uh, Walk as children of the light. So this is um, your inner group of people. Now, I wanna be very, very clear river valley we are not a circle the wagons and keep the bad people out church we're not if that's you then change or leave that's not who we are we are if you are a bad person welcome to river valley you, the pastor's got a joke to tell you that's who we are all right you're gonna love it that's our church all right and the church the pastor comes back to you a week later. I should not have said that. I'm so sorry. All right We want we want you to come just as you are. bring your sin, bring your baggage, bring your faults, bring your past. We do not expect you to clean up before you come here. That's not who we are, and that's not what this is talking about. What this is talking about is your inner world, your close world. This is your three or four friends. If you're a man, you're ten or twenty. If you're a woman, <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, and 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 we ought to be friends with lost people. We ought to be friends with with people who are very much in sin. But but the inner people, the, those those close ones, those ought to be the people that you can pray with. Those are the people people you can connect with. Those are the. You need those. And especially uh, this this verse relates if you're dating. Like don't bring people of darkness into your dating life. Only date people of light. It says it explicitly uh, in another place uh, in the Bible. But but the principle is is here. Don't don't do that. And instead, take off. Some of you have got some old friends. I mean, you need to hang them up. And what do you need to do? You need to put on some children of the light friends. You need to get some new friends, some people that lift you up, some people that support you. Now, these people sometimes support you, no doubt about it. But these people over here, man, they support you in Jesus. There's a difference. So some of you maybe got to run through some friends. All right, next one. Uh... Oh, last one. This is the last one. And there's not, I want to show you this because there's not an inverse relationship to this one. So I wanted to show you one that you're going to have to figure out yourself if this is you and how it works. So sexual immorality, impurity, and greed should not even be heard among you as is proper for the saints. It's not, you've got to be careful. And it warns you, impurity is this big category, isn't it? Like, are you impure? Right? Uh, I mean, you, you know, like, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a catch-all. It's at the end of this when you're reading and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I didn't write about this, but we know, right? So it's a catch-all. Uh, and sexual immorality is a big, big category that we need to hear a lot about in our day. This word uh, is found throughout the Bible, uh, throughout the New Testament, this, this word sexual immorality, and it simply means sex outside of bounds. That's what it means, sex sex outside of bounds. The bounds of uh, sexuality in the Bible are man and woman in marriage. That's the bounds. God gave sex as a gift to man and woman in marriage, and we ought to enjoy that. And as Christians, we ought not to shy away from it uh, like it's dirty or evil or not to be talked about, those type of things. The Bible says it's a gift. And so, so we ought to enjoy sex in bounds, man and woman in marriage. Therefore, there's lots of things, and more all the time, it feels like. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you're like, hey, it's actually nothing new under the sun. But but it, it, it says it shouldn't even be heard among you. So if that's the norm, then sexual immorality is outside of bounds. That's sex before marriage. That's adultery. That's pornography. That's homosexual sin. That's any sex outside of man and woman in marriage. And the Bible explicitly says, it's not good. That's a sin, and we need to hang that up. We need to let that go. It will and can destroy you. So, how are we supposed to Know and understand that. This is the only one, guys, that I know that has a warning. Verse 5. These same things for know and recognize this. This is the Bible telling you what he's saying is true. And it's getting real quiet in this place. It does every single time I preach on this at River Valley. Because we live in the world and it filters in to this church. I know it. And you know it. And the Bible says, let's make sure that we understand what's going on here. So, what is it? No sexually immoral, impure, or greedy person, that's idolatry, does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Well, that's a big problem for a lot of us. Those who practice such things are not going to heaven, is what it says. Uh oh. So there's two ways to understand this, and I need you to understand this way. The first of, this is a passage written to believers. So this is, this, this is a passage meant to help us understand this. And so, so it shows you, hey, this is sin that God wants to forgive you of in Christ Jesus. And it's in a whole list of sins. And we have this weird thing going on, yeah. But you lie or you okay, well, none of it's good. You steal, none of it's good. God puts it in this big list of sins, like, but Christ came to die for sins and to set us free from sin. So if you are struggling in any of these areas, make sure, number one, you're a believer in Christ. Make sure you're not sitting here adopting, coming to church, being a good person, reading your Bible, maybe giving money, maybe serving. Fantastic. Make sure that you have adopted where you look at Jesus, the Lord of your life. And the Bible says that this passage, that he creates you in God's likeness. The old has gone and the new has come. So either this passage applies to you because you're not a believer or this passage applies to you if you're doing one of these things because you are in process of sanctification. You are in a process of holiness. You say, I brought this in. I brought this into my life uh, with Christ. I did this early in my life and it continues to be this this thing that tries to draw me back. And it continues to be the thing that I, I fight against. And if you're fighting against it, fantastic, keep it up. But understand and believe this, there is victory in Jesus. There is hope in Christ. There is freedom in salvation. He does not desire, want, or he's made no excuse for us living in this sin. He wants to set us free that we could go to other people and go, I used to wear that. I used to be like that. I know what that's like, but that's not me anymore. I have a robe of righteousness. I have been set free in Jesus Christ. That's not my sin anymore. I now have to be careful. I got to look at it from time to time. I got to think about it from time to time. We'll talk about that next week. That's not my sin anymore. Guys. There's freedom in Christ. There is absolute freedom in Christ. Quit living in this sin. Take off the old. Renew your mind. Put on the new. His name is Jesus. I invite you right where you are to bow your heads for just a moment. This is how we're ending today. So no, no pressure, no time here. Um. And I'm, I'm going to do something I did in the first service. I'm going I'm to coach you just a little bit. So your, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I'm just going to speak to you, but I'm going I'm to speak to you like a coach, okay? Um, a coach loves you too much to let you stay where you are. So I'm going to address it from two ways. If this is, if this is, um, if you've been here, or you've watched the sermons online in the last two weeks. If that's you, and you were convicted of these um, these texts that you did some of these things, like that—that that was the first time you had really thought about it, guys. If that's you, now I want you to be very clear. If you were here the last two weeks, you watched it. it one of one of the last two weeks, you watched this sermon online and I read these texts, and it's the first time you were convicted of some of these sermons, then you're doing it wrong. You are letting me act in the place of the ultimate wonder of what God is. Why are you sitting around waiting for me to read these texts and explain how they're a sin when for the last two weeks I have told you either A, what you should do or B, that you need to go back and do it and how to do it so that God convicts you of this sin. He's so much better than me. Quit living your life. I'll do anything as long as the preacher preaches on it on Sunday. I'm not very good at it. Jesus is great. If this is the first time you heard some of those sins, it's because you didn't, you're like, oh, I got it, I learned the principle, and you didn't do not a cotton-picking thing with it. Grow up. Take charge of your own life. Okay? Now, if you're brand new, and this is your first day, that I want you to understand how wonderful and special what's happening at this church right now in this sermon series is. So you don't know, but I'm not a I'm not a uh, like I'm not a fancy dresser at all. Uh, like that's just not a big deal to me. But Mel told me a while back that I gotta I gotta up my game. I'm not I'm not dressing to the part enough. So today I'm wearing brand new shoes and brand new pants and a brand new shirt and a brand new jacket. And uh, she's not here today. So I got to admit, she's right. (laughs) She's right. And the reason I tell you that is because that's just the illustration. But if if I feel good and you notice a lot of people, boy, that looks really nice today, Cody. What do you think it is to put on the new? God's likeness robes of Christ I am here to say he can set you free from sin even long standing sin you can be holy and blameless in his sight I'm telling you that even if you're like I've tried before and failed not this time not this way because you're not going to give up until you succeed I'm telling you There's freedom in Jesus. There's freedom in this place and I'm teaching it to you and the Bible is showing you don't let it go. It's not just another sermon series with funny stories and historical illustrations. This is how you grow. This is how you change. So if you need to, go back and watch the last two sermons and begin this process and we're going to catch up in the final week, and then we're going to see people grow. You're going to be surrounded with a church of holy people. Not, it's now. Be careful! It's not four weeks to holiness. That's not the sermon series, <laughs> but it really, truly, it, it, it works. So Jesus, we need to grow. God, I need to grow. Um, I'm trying to be as transparent as possible and as real, and, and, and I think you're doing it. Don't let us walk away from this place not grasping who you are in Christ Jesus and what you want so that we see sanctification, holiness, and growth in our lives. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Here's your homework for the week. Search for Scripture. Uh, ideas of what to put on the new what that activity is if you have gaps in uh, the connections which is we love we grow we give we go make that a part of it in other words we we worship we come together every single week make that a priority be a part of groups they're just starting up be a part of serving that can be uh, be a part of giving be a part of reading your Bible uh, and those things for yourself. Uh, so that you don't um, uh, so that you don't rely on just what I'm doing so that God grows you. And listen, last thing, don't go out of here today and say Cody yelled at us. don't do it. all right. <laughs> Cody, Cody got in our face a little bit because he wants and believes in you. I really do. I really do. You have greatness because you have Jesus Christ and he called you to be holy and sanctified and wonderful. Go out and live your life that way. I love you, River Valley. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.